Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Oh, yeah, a good hand clap of praise, a good shout. Come on, somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, yes, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. Come on, let's praise him a little louder. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. We love you, Jesus. You know, um, the home team, when they need, whether it's whatever the sport may be, when they want to confuse the enemy, they'll start telling the fans to get a little louder. Amen? And uh, nothing confuses the enemy more than when he gave you his best shot all week long. And you come here on a Sunday night and you still got to shout you still got a dance. You still got some praise. I said nothing confuses the enemy more when you should be sitting down, but you're saying I'm going to give him one more good praise. I'm going to lift him up a little higher. Amen. Why don't we confuse hell a little bit right now and give God great praise? Come on, give him great praise. Make it so loud they can't hear what's going on. <laughs> Make it so loud they don't understand. They can't comprehend. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Amen, amen. I'm so thankful. You know, and this is not my message, but I feel led to say it tonight. They recently did a study on the, on the brain and they realized that uh, the part of the brain that, that um, sends off the signals for anxiety and fear and, and, and distress, it cannot operate when, 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 when a brain is thankful when a brain is focused on the greatness of God, the kindness, how great he is, the gratefulness, they can't fire at the same time. And that's not just Bible. That's, I mean, this is science backing this up. They realize that when people are grateful, they can't be fearful at the same time. So some of you tonight need to get your joy back. You need to get some gratefulness in your heart. Stop looking at all the stuff going on in the world. Listen, we understand it's going to get worse and worse, but the church is going to get better. We're going to get more victory. We're going to have more power and authority. Amen. So, so whatever you put your mind to, that's what you're going to experience. Amen. That's why the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. I choose to be grateful for the goodness and kindness of God. I believe that's what got Job through his trial. He was grateful. He was grateful. Amen. Aren't you grateful for the presence of God in this place? Amen. Give honor again to, to your pastor and... and and uh, Brother Caleb Sampson and, and uh, all, the, all the Sampson family, I love and appreciate you all and, and excited about uh, uh, the, the days and months and weeks to come, years maybe, if the Lord tarries, amen. I, I believe God has connected us for, for a reason and a purpose, and we're excited for that. Give honor to uh, all the ministry here tonight, amen. I appreciate, appreciate my 
my fellow laborers, amen, amen. If, you, if you'll help me tonight, I'll, I'll preach what I feel led of the Lord, and, uh, and we'll see what, what God does tonight, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms chapter 122. We're going to read just one verse. We'll read the first verse of 122. Amen. In my Bible, it says it's a song of degrees. That means it is an intense song. Amen. There are some psalms that are, that are just melodies or, or poems, but anytime it says a song of degrees, it was something very intense that the writer was feeling. And he writes, it's a song of degrees for David. He writes, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm going to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight from this, from this thought. Conversations on my way to church. Conversations on my way to church. Amen. Let's put down our Bibles and let God talk to us. Amen. Can we do that right now? God, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your word. It's already anointed. God, I need your help right now, Jesus. God, I don't have the wisdom, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the ability, Lord God. I need your help right now, Jesus. God, I need you to speak to your people, Lord God. I need you to use me for that purpose, Lord. God, help me, Lord, anoint me. God, I praise you. You know I give you all the credit and all the honor and glory Do your name, Jesus. I need your help right now, God. Come on, let's lift up our hands right now and say, God, talk to me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, God. I praise and magnify you. Let's all give him a good hand clap of praise. Amen. Now a good shout with that praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And uh, I, I did not, uh, I, I felt uh, days before what I was going to preach this morning and, and what God laid on my heart for tonight was I did not realize until now uh, that God was going to tie, tie them both together. But uh, I just believe God has a specific uh, a word for, for this church this weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I, I told God, I don't want to just, I mean, I, I felt the call to preach when I was 18, preached my first message uh, 29 years ago this month. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know at what point, but, Brother Samson, I, I, I asked God or, or I made a commitment to God that I, I want to I give people a fresh word. I don't, I don't want to just pull something out and, and preach it. I don't want to just give you something to make you feel good. But I want to I preach a fresh word. And I believe, I sincerely believe, I may, I may be naive, I may be uh, whatever, but I believe that, that when people come to the house of God, God expects me, if I'm preaching, to give you a specific word. Sometimes we will feel the pressure just to say something to, or, or to preach something you know is going to get a response, but I, I, I'm... I made up my mind, God, if, if nobody responds, I'm going to obey what you tell me to preach. And so, and so I, just, I just want to obey God and, uh, and talk to us a little further tonight and, and, 
It, it's kind of a continuation, but then it's going to be a little different. But Henry Ford said, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. I'll say it again. Henry Ford said, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. How we, how we think, how we, how we plan, how we formulate thoughts in our mind uh, it goes a long way in determining what we're going to have. Amen. There are a lot of people that are defeated before they ever come to the house of God. There are a lot of people that never move during worship service. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not throwing stones. <laughs> Yank on my coat if, I, if you have to. But if we're not careful, Brother Samson, we'll get in such a routine that when we come to the house of God, we know exactly who's going to sing. We, we have a good idea when we're going to be through with a certain part of our service. If we're not careful, we'll already make plans. Well, hey, it looks like he's wrapping up early tonight. We might be able to get to that Mexican restaurant. Hey, you, a fat preacher knows when the restaurant's closed, I'll tell you that. But if you're not careful, you'll predetermine what you're going to get out of every service. And if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not mindful of it, you'll get caught up in the middle of a service and realize, wait a minute, I just missed an opportunity. You'll, 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 you'll get so caught up in a service or, 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 or so caught up in your life that, that a service will, will go through and, and you'll, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I've realized that I've, got, I've been guilty of it before. I paused and thought, wait a minute, God, what have I been doing the last 30 minutes? I got stuff on my mind for my business or what in my life or I've got family issues or problems and, and, and I bring all this stuff in here without leaving them at the door and realize I'm going to come and worship the king and halfway through song service when the sisters are praising and worshiping and other people are running and dancing and shouting we're sitting there uh, like, 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 like just, just oblivious to what's going on and God's trying to talk to us and if you're not careful amen you're going to hear me tonight but you're not going to hear me it's going to go right over you and you're just going to sit there and go back to the same problems and go back to the same situations and go back to the same depression and, and walk out with the same oppression and you're not going to have any joy but if you'll focus right now say I've come to put aside some time to make sure I connect with the master. I've come to make sure I put aside everything else and I get a hold of him tonight. I wonder if there's anybody in this place right now that'll plug in with me say God God, I need everything you have for me tonight. I need, I need everything you've got for me tonight. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Romans 8, 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. You know how you're more than a conqueror? A conqueror takes back, a conqueror takes land or, or territory that doesn't belong to him. But a more than conqueror takes back what was stolen from him. I, come on, somebody. 
I don't believe you need to leave here with anything that doesn't belong to you spiritually, amen. I said a more than a conqueror doesn't just go and possess a land, uh, go and take something from somebody, but a more than a conqueror gets back everything, amen, that was stolen from them, amen. If you'll purpose right now that I'm gonna get everything God has for me, everything the devil stole from me, everything that belongs to me, I'm gonna leave here with everything God's got for me. He said, for I am persuaded that neither life or death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, everybody say nothing, is going to stop me. Nothing is going to separate me. I'm telling you, if you walk in those doors with that mindset, that nothing can separate me from God. That nothing can keep me from what God has for me. Paul said, I am persuaded. I've got I've got a persuasion about me that there's nothing in this world, nothing to come, no creature, no problem, no situation, nothing's gonna separate me from God. I'm telling you young people right now, make this a discipline when you come to the house of God. I'm gonna get in his presence. I'm gonna make sure that I leave my issues at the door and I get a hold of God tonight because he promised nothing can separate me from him. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, conversations. Like I said, a lot of people are, 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 are defeated before they even get here. Amen? I said they're defeated before they even get here. Oh, God can't do this. Matthew 9 and 20 tells us of a woman that was diseased for 12 years. And one 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 account of this story says that she spent all at the doctor's hands and grew worse. If there was ever a woman that said, I don't, I give up. I'm tired. It would be this woman because she spent all and she got worse. But she heard, where say she heard, Jesus was coming. The Bible tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. Guess what you did tonight? You, you made God leave his throne and come down in this place. He inhabits the praises of his people. While he's here, why don't we get his attention? Why don't we get a hold of him? And she said, he's coming by. And she purposed in her heart. She said within herself, she said, if I can but touch his garment, uh, I'll be made whole. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna get your miracle if you walk in this place saying, uh, nobody else has to touch him. Everybody can be all around him, but I've got a purpose. I've got something I'm gonna do that's gonna get his attention. I'm gonna make sure that when I leave here, I get my miracle. Is it that simple, preacher? Yes, it's that simple. As somebody determining in their heart, I'm gonna touch him. I'm gonna get everything I can from him tonight. The moment you don't allow discouragement to keep you from touching him is the moment you're gonna get your miracle. But if you allow discouragement to keep you bound, if you allow discouragement to keep you with, with unlifted hands and no response coming out of your mouth, that's why Jesus paused right when it happened and said, wait a minute, somebody touched me. And the apostle said, Jesus, I, you're kind of losing, you're kind of slipping it, buddy. There's, there's people pressing against you. There's people that are all around you. And yet you say, who touched me? He said, oh yeah, I know somebody touched me because something came out of me. When's the last time you came to the house of God saying, I'm gonna pull something out of God. I'm gonna pull my miracle out of him because I'm gonna do everything I can to touch him. He purposed, she purposed. 
They're going to throng him, but I'm going to touch him. They're going to press up against him, but I'm going to touch him. They're going to crowd around him, but you don't understand the need I've got. I wonder, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I wonder who needs a miracle in this house tonight. I wonder who's so, who's so, the devil's tried so much to convince you you'll never have peace. You'll never have joy. You'll never smile again. You'll never have freedom. You'll never be blessed. Who am I preaching to already that the devil's lied to you and said you're just going to be that way all your life? No. The master's in the house. Things are going to be different tonight. The king of kings has stepped in. And if you'll purpose right now I'm going to touch it I can't have my life anymore without any joy I can't go through this life anymore without getting my miracle how bad do you want it how, how bad do you want him to touch you? see purpose if I can just touch the him When's the last time we, we purposed to touch him? I'll tell you what happens if we're not careful, apostolics. We'll come to the house of God waiting for him to knock us off our feet. Pull us out of our pew. Preach, preacher, to get me up out of my pew. No, you touch him. I, as one preacher said, that went over like a flock of dogs. <laughs> I said, when's the last time you purpose? I'm going to touch him. He don't have to touch me. I'm touching him. He don't have to touch me. I'm touching him. I'm going to make sure he knows. I, got a, I need a miracle, God. I need something to change in my life. I need, something to, I need something to rearrange. I'm tired of living like I'm living. I'm tired of feeling like I'm feeling. I got to touch him. I'm not going to wait for the song to get going. I'm not going to wait for the right drum beat. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to touch him. I've been in services where there was a disruption just happened. Well, I was preaching, I was preaching revival in Georgia in August, and I was preaching my message right in the middle of my message. I didn't know, but I was I was preaching an unusual place for revival. I was talking about the Valley of Dry Bones, and I'm sitting there preaching, and there's a lady that's going through cancer. I didn't know what she was going through, but a guy from the on the other side of the aisle, a guy from the other side of the aisle, all of a sudden stood up to his feet and started proclaiming healing to that lady's body. Oh, you saying, well, he interrupted the service. Hey, I want people to interrupt the service every time I can, because listen, he responds to need. He responds to people saying I got to get his attention. I, I got to get a hold of him. I, I got to reach out to him. I got to make sure he understands. Here I am God. I need a miracle. I need something to change in my life. He started to say, stood up and started just pointing at it and say, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. When's the last time you got so bold that you said, well, I know it may not be in order, but I'm going to get his attention. It may not be status quo, but it may not be cool, but I'm going to get his attention. But if you have the right conversations, you're going to say, I'm going to touch him tonight. Preachers preach better when there's people determined to touch him. Singers sing better when there's people that are determined to touch him. Musicians play better when they see people determined to touch him. They're not sitting there waiting for me to move them. They're lifted hands. They're praising. They're dancing. They're shouting. They're sleeping. Why? Because they had a conversation. This might be the night. This might be the day. This might be the moment that I walk in bound, but I get out free. This might be the moment that I come in bound with all kinds of addiction, but the chains are broken tonight. It might be the night that I leave here with my peace of mind, my joy back but if you're not careful you'll defeat yourself before you get in here if you're not careful you'll talk yourself out of a miracle if you're not careful you'll you'll, you'll frustrate what do you think murmuring and complaining did to the Israelites all they did was complain It doesn't take much to keep you from 
from your miracle. It's just a wrong conversation on the way to church. The bill comes in, the doctor's report, the phone call. Oh, listen, you, you and your wife can have the greatest day, but on your way to church, on your way to church, you start hitting heads. And I... I I'm guilty of being ignorant enough that I'll just keep on arguing. Instead of realizing, wait a minute, this ain't an accident. The enemy knows what happens when I get in his presence. The enemy understands that when I get to his presence, there's fullness of joy. The enemy understands if I can stop you, if I can hinder you, if I can make sure and discourage you in the parking lot, you're not going to get your miracle in the pew. But some of us, uh, some of us understood his devices. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. I wish a husband or wife would look at each other and say, I love you, babe, and let's have church tonight, all right? We need to understand right now that God wants to fill you. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. But you got to talk right. you got to act right. you got to get everything in order. Say, oh no, you're not stopping my blessing. You're not getting my miracle. I'm, no, no, no. I'm going to get everything God has for me tonight. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure he hears me. If I can just touch him. We used to sing a song, Sister Samson, touching Jesus is all that really matters. We don't, we don't sing songs like that like we should. Now it's... Listen to, listen to a lot of the new stuff. It's God do this to me. Instead of... Instead of God, I'm going to touch you. Because that's all that matters. And I'm not going to let a devil destroy my, my miracle because I couldn't get something fixed in the parking lot. Come on. I said, you, 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 you are so close to your miracle and the devil knows it. And so he stops you on your way to church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go. There are four men in Mark chapter 2. See, sometimes you got to do it for yourself. She said, I got to touch him. I, I'm, 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 I'm bleeding. I'm weak. I'm losing blood every day of my life. They can't fix me. I'm about to die. I'm going to touch him. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes it, it feels like it's killing you to touch him. Sometimes it feels like you don't have enough strength to praise him. But understand, you got to praise him still. But there's other times when we come to the house of God and your bills are paid, your marriage is good, your kids are living right, everything's going good in your household, that you can't just slide in here and act like nothing's going on. you got to understand, there's a man in this house that's in a bed that's sick that can't help himself. Four men in John chapter 2, or Mark chapter 2 said, you know what? Hey man, we need, we don't have any needs right now, but our brother has a need. Our brother's got something that we got to help him get to. And they said, listen, listen, they said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but when we get there, we've got to get him in the presence of God. And they prepared ahead of time. They talked about it on the parking lot. Said, what are we going to get do? What are we going to do to get Johnny his miracle? What are we going to do to make sure somebody leaves here healed? And they get to the church house and it's full. And they can't go in. The crowd was so full that it was coming out the door. And these four men went home and said, well, we tried. Well, we showed up. He didn't get his miracle, but we, we showed up. We did our part. Since when did showing up become just our part? 
I said, since when did just showing up become our part? They said, you know what? I don't know which one spoke up. I don't know how they planned it, but Brother Samson, they said, wait a second. We can't get in through the door. We'll get in another way. I'm, I, I want to speak something prophetic to somebody right now. When the things that you usually do to get in his presence don't work, do something, do something extreme. You say, well, I don't feel it. Singing the same song, clapping the same beat, tapping the same toe. Well, you ought to run. You ought to dance. You ought to leap. You ought to do something extreme to say, I'm going to get in his presence. I'm going to touch him. Hey, I don't have the normal means access to his presence, so I'm going to do whatever means necessary to get right there with him, to do everything I can to touch him. And so these men said, hey, Billy, I, I brought some tools. What, what are you bringing just besides a, a bed and a rope? What are you bringing just besides your problems? I said, what, what are you bringing to the house of God just besides your problems? They said, we can't go in the traditional way. Let's go to the roof. I got some tools. Now you look at this roof. It's got shingles and probably 15 pound felt and some OSB board. Am I correct? Pretty close to that. I think it's a, is it a shingle roof. I wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> look like an idiot if it wasn't. But <laughs> If it's a shingle roof, it's got shingles, it's got felt, it's got OSB board. But that wasn't the case back then. See, their, their rooftops, that's why Peter saw the vision. Where was he at? On the rooftop. They, they, they were often quarters, living quarters or, or gatherings. They had places where they'd gather on the roof. And so they had to support a substantial amount of weight. So it wasn't just a little, a little OSB board. And, and, and if you've got OSB board at Lowe's in Tulsa, you don't want to stand on that anyway, especially if you're a fellow my size because it's not going to hold up. But these, these were used to holding up stuff. And you know, what the, you know what the Bible says? They begin to tear it off. And we're talking about anywhere from 16 to 18 inches thick, some more. But they said, we've got a friend that they need a miracle right now. We can't wait till the next event Jesus is gonna show up at. We can't wait until the next service. We can't wait until next week, next revival, next camp meeting. It's gotta happen tonight. And whatever we gotta do, we're gonna tear the roof off of this place. And so somebody got a chisel. Somebody got a pickaxe. Somebody started going to town on that roof. And piece by piece, they broke it away just to get a friend in the presence of God because somebody had a conversation. When I get to the house of God, I'll do everything I can to get my friend their miracle. Sometimes you gotta do it for yourself, but sometimes you gotta grab your neighbor by the hand, say we're getting our miracle tonight. We're getting a breakthrough tonight. We're gonna get everything God has for us tonight. And they let, when they had broken it up, they they uncovered the roof. They uncovered the roof. And they broke it up. Sometimes you got to uncover things. And you got to break things up. To get in his presence. I said sometimes you got to uncover some stuff. Break some stuff up. To get in his presence. And these four men say, I love you enough to do whatever it takes to get you there. Because some days everything's good in your life, but your neighbor's struggling and they need somebody to pull up beside them and say, we'll get you there. It's going to be all right. What did what, what the, the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda say? He said, I have no man. I don't got anybody to get me in the presence, get me in the water. 
I'm here to preach to somebody right now. It's not always about you. Some things are going great in your life. Sometimes it's good and great in your life, but your neighbor's struggling. Let's put aside our selfish ways and say, I'm doing okay. My barns are full, but I'm gonna make sure you get in the water. I'm gonna make sure you get your miracle tonight. I've had a conversation on the way to church and I'll determine, I'm gonna do everything I can to get you there in his presence. I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody. You know what? You know what got his miracle? Just a little, just a little side bit to this story. The Bible says he was there 38 years and nobody helped him. It's, it's really a neat thing if you count the A's and the I's and all that stuff. Him and Jesus had a 38-word conversation. God's got a word for every year you've been without your miracle. He said, I don't have anybody. He said, you don't understand what's been going on. I've been giving you a word for every year you've struggled. Every year you don't think you're going to make it. Every year that you, you know what got him his miracle? This phrase right here. He said, while I'm coming. While I'm coming. I'm trying, God. I'm trying. To all the people that don't have anybody in this place tonight, to all the single single moms and dads, to all the kids that are here and your mom and dad aren't here, you keep coming, you keep trying, you keep coming along. But to the faithful saints of this church, pick somebody up along the way. Say, look, I know it. Listen, listen, there's some kids in here that don't have godly parents like you do. There's some moms and dads in here that don't have good children like you. Like, like these are. Pick them up, hold them up, say, I'm gonna get you to the water. I'm gonna get you in the presence. I wanna make sure you experience this for yourself. They were prepared. Everybody say they were prepared to get him to Jesus, even if the crowd was too large. I wonder how many of us fall short, not because God isn't willing, but because we aren't prepared to do whatever it takes. I wonder why. I wonder how many miracles are left on an altar because we got up too soon. Well, God, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. You know what? The Bible says he healed some lepers one time. We prayed for them, spoke of them. Said, go, go show yourself to the priest. And while they were walking away. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you're not going to feel your miracle. But your obedience to the master is going to get you the miracle. You getting in the presence of God is going to give you the miracle. Hey man, sometimes you're sitting there, I don't feel it. Listen, it's not about your feelings, all right? It's about how great God is and how big God is, amen. If we make up in our mind, I'm gonna touch him, I'm getting his presence. Uh, there's no telling what could happen by the remainder of this service uh, that somebody's gonna walk out of here. Somebody's gonna leave here with some joy. Somebody's gonna leave here with some healing in your body. And then somebody, uh, while you're going, God's gonna say, that was it, that's what I wanted to see. That was the effort I needed. That was the purpose I was looking for. How many, how many will give me 10 more minutes? Show of hands. Oh, thank you. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. 70. Hands shot down real fast. Don't worry. I won't last that long. But in Acts chapter 3 and 1, Peter and John went together to the temple the ninth hour to pray. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. He was carried. He was carried. Hey, man, say he was carried. He was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Daily carrying your burdens to the house of God is going to get you your miracle. I said daily carrying your need before God is going to get you your miracle. Don't get discouraged because it didn't happen last week. Don't get discouraged if it doesn't happen tonight. You daily keep carrying your problems to the Lord and saying, God, here it is. Here's my problem. Here's my situation. And the Bible says, they laid him daily at the gate and he asked alms of them that entered into the temple. When he saw Peter and John, 
about to go in, he asked alms. And Peter said, look on us. You know, one of the things about this phrase that's really amazing to me, Peter said, look on us, not me. You'd be amazed at the miracles that happen when it doesn't matter who gets the credit. Well, I want to put that miracle on my, my resume, my, my evangelistic resume. Well, your evangelistic resume don't mean anything to God. It's not about uh, him, me. It's about him, amen. It's about God getting the glory. And Peter said, it's not, don't look on me, look on us. John doesn't say a word. John doesn't say anything at all in the story. But Peter said, look on us. I want you to understand something. We've got something in us. We've got something in us that can get you what you need. We didn't have to wait to church to have power. We didn't wait to church to have anointing. We didn't wait to get to church and pray for 30 minutes and have a song and have some more music and some running and dancing. No, we're bringing this with us because we understand sometimes the miracle's on the outside waiting to get on the inside. Sometimes the miracle's out there and if we wait till we get in here we're going to leave a lame man on the porch. Peter and John said hey we're coming prepared. When we get there, we don't have to have three songs. I'm going to keep hitting it until, you, until everybody stands up and praises God with me. We don't have, you don't have to push and prime and cheerlead me, praise team. You don't have to get me off the pew, preacher. I've been talking to Jesus all day long. I've been having some conversations all day long. I've been thinking about him all day long. I've been praising him all day long. And so this is just an extension. When this is the main thing, we're going to just experience whatever we can in two hours. But if it's an extension, if it's what we do, when we get here, we'll say, look, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I've got enough power to lift you up out of your situation because I had a conversation on my way to church that says, Let's get ready, John. Let's get ready, John. Let's get there on fire, John. I'm not going to wait to get stirred up. I'm not going to wait to get motivated to have church. Oh, I came expecting. And you know what? When a prepared, when a prepared disciple shows up to an expectant recipient, I said when a prepared apostle, disciple shows up and there's an expecting recipient, the miraculous always happens. But we get frustrated because we're not prepared coming in. We get frustrated because we had to grind it out and push through a service and, and do everything we can to have good church. What would happen if we came on fire? If we came ignited and the miracle, amen, was that easy because it met somebody with an expectancy that said, that's what I've been looking for. I knew if I could get to the house of God, you would be ready, you would be prepared, and you would bring the miraculous. Why do you think they love apostolic church? Why do you think when visitors come in, their, their mouths drop open? Listen, we're all crazy worshipers. A lot of times we just worship the different gods. That's a problem. Oh yeah, all you, all you ladies that don't get excited if I gave you a credit card with no limit, the black one, and said go whatever you want to buy. Go ahead, baby. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Gee, are you sure? But we have a God that's unlimited in power. And we treat him like he's some lethargic, asleep, malnourished, weak God. 
why don't we come here with the expectation and the excitement uh, like we've just been given a great big unlimited credit card from God saying, whatever you want, you can have it. Yo, you're just saying stuff to hype me up, preacher. No, he said, whatever you bind in earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loosen in heaven. I'll give you everything. I've got everything at my disposal. You just need to come expecting. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Don't tell me God can't do it. Don't tell me God's not able. He's able to do exceeding, abundant, above all you're able to ask or think. You just gotta have the right conversation. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, Make him bigger than your problems. Make him bigger than what you're going through. Make him bigger. When I look at how big you are, David said, when I consider, when I consider the heavens, when I see how wonderful you are and I see your works, I sit there and think to myself, who am I? Who am I? When's the last time you were wowed by the presence of God? When's the last time you were wowed? You couldn't wait to get to the house of God because you knew there was a spirit of expectancy waiting. I don't have silver and gold. You know what? Come on, let's pray. You know what Peter was saying? You know what Peter was saying? I don't have what you are expecting. I got something greater. Because this world puts miracles, puts necessities, put it in the category of monetary means. But we serve a God it isn't, he's not conformed by our world. He's not hindered. He's not limited. And guess what? It's according to your faith. I said it's according to your faith. It's a, when you understand it's according to your faith. He expected to receive something. When's the last time you expected to receive something? I don't have silver and gold but such as I have. And listen to what he said. Such as I have, I give it to you. I'm not going to hoard it up for myself. I'm not just going to thank God for, oh, look what I got. No. Such as I have, I'm going to give it to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. According to your faith, such as I have. Come on, church, in the name of Jesus Christ. The name that all hell trembles. The name that every knee is going to bow. The name that sickness has to listen to. The name that demons had to flee from. In the name of Jesus, he said, rise up and walk. I speak healing right now. In the name of Jesus, to every hurting person, to everybody here that's distraught going through it, I've had a conversation. I've made up my mind. If I can just touch him. Come on, pray right now. Come on, pray right now. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaps up. He's dancing, walking, praising God. He's magnifying God. 
Come on, pray right now. If you have unbelief, I want you to confess it right now. Come on, right now. It's not a sin to have unbelief. That father said, I need you to touch my daughter. I need you to touch my baby, God, but I, I believe, God, but help, God, help my unbelief. See, he had a conversation on his way to church. God can do it. And the spirit of unbelief was battling the spirit of faith. And what got him his miracles because he confessed both. I believe God, but help, help, help. I believe God, but I'm looking at the doctor's report. I believe God, but I'm looking at all the signs. Come on, pray right now. Come on, praise Him right now. Come on, lift your hands. This is what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands as high as you can get them. Come on, as high as you can get them. As high as you can get them. Here I am, God. I need your help. Can't do it on my own, Jesus. I'm tired, God. Come on, that's it. Holy Ghost fall. Heal right now. In Jesus' name. Heal. Heal. Touch, strengthen, deliver right now. Come on, praise him right now. Come on, praise him right now. I bind the spirit of doubt and fear and unbelief. I cast it out of this service, out of your heart and mind right now. Holy Ghost, fall right now. Holy Ghost, fall right now. Fall right now and heal. Respond to the faith of your people, God. You're touched by the feelings of our infirmities, God. Reach down. Come on, it's according to your faith. Come on, it's according to your faith. I don't have any greater faith than you. It's according to your faith. He's given every man the measure of faith. Come on, right now, right now. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. 